Hi, it's Pete Price Extra, and guess what? We've got a Scouser Abroad with a difference. This is The Vivian, a drag queen, but she left Liverpool because she had a drugs problem. We've never had anything like this before. Now, we're always looking for Scousers Abroad, so if you are a Scouser Abroad anywhere in the world, get in touch with us. But right now, sit back and listen to an amazing story with a great end, a happy end, and hopefully a happy end that will carry on. <laughs> the Vivian is back in the building. Hello, how are we? How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Three stone heavier since last time you saw me. But you, I'll tell you, <laughs> you look great, you look great. So you're an adopted scout, so where originally were you from? Yeah, I'm from North Wales originally. Um, so not too far? No, not too far, just over the water. I moved here when I was 16. Yeah. Fell in love with the city, as a lot of people do. What a great city it is. And then never looked back. Remind everybody what you do for a living. I'm a drag queen. So um, I sing, I dance, flip my hair. Um, how did you start? Uh, I was a makeup artist in Debenhams when I first moved to Liverpool. I was 16. Mm-hmm. And then I got caught up with all the gay clubs and the nightlife of Liverpool, which is an amazing city for nightlife. You know, it was back in the heyday of Garlands and G-Bar and Superstar Boudoir. Pink was open when I was first started as well. And I asked one of the bar owners if I could do drag one night and he offered me a bottle of Blue Wicked and 20 quid, I think it was. Wow. And that was it. Tell me, do you, in, in real life, do people call you Vivian? Or... Yeah, everyone calls me Viv. Ev- it's so weird, calls you Viv. unless I'm in yeah. trouble, find yeah. me mum, then I'm James. Right, right. Let's go back to your job. Because you must have been in the um, the first days when they had males doing makeup. Yeah, there was an actually, they actually did a piece on me in the Echo because it wasn't as well known to see male makeup artists yeah. in shops and especially me because I always wore a full face of um, makeup you know foundation eyebrows bit of mascara and stuff like that so it was kind of but I found women loved it women loved to get an honest opinion from a gay man because they weren't after anything whereas women I think that's interesting when I go into a cosmetics hall sometimes not all the time I, I, sometimes I feel like it's going into the dinner hall at school do you remember you used to get that, oh, there's that, there's that crowd, there's that crowd, there's the bullies, there's... You, and I'd just walk straight through with my dinner tray. If That's you, if you really just... interesting, that. So a woman would get a better opinion from a man rather than another woman, in I think yeah. so. Maybe not even a better opinion. I yeah. think maybe it just might be a bit more approachable yeah. from women because the women in the cosmetics halls look gorgeous, done to the nines, yeah. perfect makeup, smell beautiful, tiny little waists. So I think sometimes a man is more approachable. Not all the time, just sometimes. Now we're talking to Viv, and he is a scouser abroad because he's only just come back. But we're going to talk about that in a minute because this is exciting. I'm really pleased. Now you put the weight on, which I think you look... <laughs> no, I think you look... I think you look great. Um, what's happened about your dresses? Well, just take them out. I'll buy new ones. You know, I was too skinny when I left. Um, so everyone said it's for the better. You know, I'm not huge by any, no, any means. Not, you, but, no, um, you look, you look, I promise you, I think you look fantastic. <laughs> so I'm an older man and I'm not flirting with you. <laughs> so where have you been? Uh, I was in Grand Canaria, uh, played Dylan Glaze at Sparkle's Show Bar for just over a year and a half, performing five nights a week to all the English Brits, the Germans, the Scandinavians, big, huge array of different customers. What made clientele. you go? Um, I'll be honest with you, I, was, I had a drug addiction. I had a drug addiction here in Liverpool for three years, four years, um, using a lot, making a lot of money, not seeing any of it, putting it all up my nose. And then I thought to myself, do you know what? Enough's enough. 
I went to Spain and didn't touch a thing since I got on the plane. I've been over nearly, nearly two years clean. That's well, first of all, congratulations, and that's absolutely fantastic. And also, you've stunned me by saying that, and I'm really pleased you did say that. Why did you feel that Spain would be different? Well, I worked in Gran Canaria in the same bar about 10 years ago when I was about 17 um, and loved it. And then I moved for other reasons. And then when I was in G-Bar about just about two years ago, pretty much, my the, the guys who own the bar, Andy and James, actually walked in and I didn't know whether we were friends or not, but I'd like to be the bigger person. I just went straight over and said, hi, you're all right. And they they were kind of took back because they didn't they were in the same boat. They didn't know whether we were friends or not. So we went outside, had a ciggy. I got them a drink and they said, do you want to come over and do Pride? And I was like, perfect, yeah. So they put me up, they flew me out, did the gig. It was great. And when I was there for that week, I didn't touch any drugs. And I was speaking to people and I was talking to people and I felt like myself again. And then I came back within three days, I was back in the same boat. So I phoned them the next day and said, can I come over for a year? They went, yeah, no problem. Went over and that was that. Then I stayed for another half a year, but now it was time to come home. How strong do you feel right now? I'm a, I feel like the best me that I've ever been. I got engaged while I was over there to David, so I met a boy. We got a dog. I was clean bill of health. We had money. We've been on holidays. We went to Vegas. We're going to Florida next month. It's stuff that I should have been doing for the past five years, but it was all put on the back burner, and now I feel like I've been reborn almost. Which is amazing, absolutely amazing. Now, we'll come back to that in a minute. I'm, I'm really <laughs> stunned. You really stunned me. Uh, going back, it's hard work, isn't it? People don't understand how hard. And was yeah. there air conditioning in there? So did you manage with the dresses and everything, the heat? Yeah, it was fine. It was um, I go, The first week, you were like, well, bloody hell, this is hot. But then you get used to it like anything. It's fine. But it's great because you meet so many different people over there. And then when you hear a Scouse accent, you're like, you go to them straight away. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your day. Because, as I say, people don't realise how hard a job it is. It's not just standing up there making people laugh. It's hard work. How many shows did you do a It day? is hard. We did five shows a week. So from nine o'clock until two in the morning. So we'd be in there from seven o'clock at night, two hours in makeup, which I do all myself, do all my own wigs all my own makeup, and then you've, no matter what mood you're in, if you've had a crap day at home, you've got to stand there and go, la la, make everyone laugh. So it's it's a hard job. It's taxing on the soul. It's taxing on the wallace. It's do you know what I mean, it's makeup's expensive, hair's expensive, wigs and um, dresses. It's all expensive. It's it is a hard job, but it's probably the best job I could have ever landed myself in. Have you seen from the the early? How old are you now? Twenty seven right. in April. Have you seen from the early days? Uh, a change in in drag acts, in the way it happens. T- talk to me about it. God, yeah. I mean, years ago you had the likes of Danny LaRue, Fufu Lamar, and Kerry Dupree and all of those guys, which it was what we call, for lack of a better term, old-fashioned drag. But I don't think it is old-fashioned. I think it's as current as today's kind of drag is. Like, I see myself as an old-fashioned queen. I learned off Tiara, the funny girls, old Blackpool queens... Um, Lady Sian from Liverpool, who you know. So I I stand there in a dress, I sing songs and tell jokes. That's what I do. So that is quite old-fashioned. However, my look is very new school. You yeah. know, it's perfect makeup, gorgeous, supermodel kind of emulation. So I, I think I'm a good mix of the two. But then you have got... You say, so you've got Danny LaRue years ago, 
fabulous, beautiful, gorgeous gowns, dresses, my fair lady. And then, but now you have these queens who have seen RuPaul's Drag Race maybe once and they put a wig on and they put a dress on and they're flinging their hair around a club. That to me isn't drag. That to me is going out in drag and having a good night. Yeah. To me, drag is having an act, either, whether it be comedy, dance, singing, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. it's an act. So, so that's it's how not I th- miming to music. You can lip sync. Yeah. Lip- oh yeah. my God, lip sync is a yeah. huge part of drag. I do lip sync myself to certain numbers, certain comedy routines. But you also have got the backup of being able to handle an audience. Oh, definitely, Which yeah. an awful lot of them don't do. Yeah, exactly. I know, for a fa- I know for a fact, if my music goes out, I'm good for half an hour, 45 yeah. minutes, standing yeah. there chatting. Now, I noticed <laughs> when you mentioned those names, you never mentioned Lily. Where does Lily fit into all that? Lily Savage. Lily, Sa- Lily Savage is probably one of the biggest icons of UK drag. Um, something she rubbed me up the wrong way with a few months back is when she said um, that RuPaul's Drag Race, the queens that come off RuPaul's Drag Race, isn't drag, it's transvesticism. Now, Bianca Del Rio, who won RuPaul's Drag Race, is a stand-up comic and she is the first drag queen to ever do Wembley Stadium. So for Lily Savage to say that that's not drag, I think is a very big statement for her to say. Um, especially from someone who we all look up to so much. Interesting, interesting. How bitchy is it amongst drag queens? <laughs> now, I ask that as a reason, because as a stand-up comic, for all the years I've been doing it, I remember years ago, it was, oh, how are you? I hate it. It was awful bitchy. Slagging her off in an oak shosh As soon as she walked out the door. Yeah. I mean, it's it's part and parcel of the job, isn't it? It's, it's like that in every career. Probably drag is a bit more heightened. Um, but... It's you know it's it's all part of the fun. I mean, you could, there can be bitchiness yeah. where it's plain bitchiness and being horrible, or there's that bitchiness. What is what what we call shade or reading someone. Well, it's fun. It's said lightheartedly. Some people can take it. Some people can't. But that's your problem if you can't take it. Fiv, let's go back to the drugs because it's a big story and it can help people out there. Yeah. Did it creep up on you without you knowing? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I wore I. Came to Liverpool when I was 16, said I'd never touch a drug. Oh, no, I'm not like that. And then you get offered a half a pill. Oh, it's fine. It's only half a pill. I'm dancing. I'm having a good night. And then it was ket- ketamine was my drug of choice. Now, I was fully functioning on it. You'd never know I was on it. Um, so that's when you you wake up and you phone someone for some and you're having it for breakfast, dinner, tea, and you're spending £800 a week on it. And then you go, whoa. I mean, I've just come out of hospital. I'll never do that again. As soon as you're walking out the hospital door, you're phoning someone for for some more. You kind of get to the point where it becomes so normal in your head. I could be walking around town shopping on it, and you'd have never known. You could have seen me in the street. Hiya, Pete, you're all right. And you'd gone, oh, there's Viv. You wouldn't have known I was on it. But I was constantly on it. It just how, became how the new normal. How did your family and close friends cope? My family don't know. Um, I think they they do from certain statuses I've put up on social media and that. I think they've they've known I've gone through something. Friends were great, but I had friends in that circle that were doing the same. So I had to go, right, that's enough. I'm not going to get away from it in Liverpool, where I was Mm -hmm. at that time. So I had to go. Uh, But I've come back since I've come back. I've been around, you know, I work in nightclubs. So I could go all day and go, I haven't done any today. Brilliant. And then I get in a club where I'm DJing in, DJing in, and it's people coming up to me offering it left, right, and centre. So it just had to stop. How are you coping with that? Now that I'm, 
back and off it. I've done gigs up and down the country. I was in London last week and there were people doing it off the tables around me and I you couldn't I couldn't thank yeah. you for it now. So you're a scouser abroad that went abroad for a reason that is really quite unique. Most scousers <laughs> abroad go to make a better life. You went to make a better life, but then so you could come back here yeah. and Get your whole act together. I, I, I love and applaud your honesty. Um, can you be friends with people that take drugs? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I suppose it's different for every case. I can now because I've, I'm engaged. I've got a ring on my finger. I've got a dog. I've got a house. That's all stuff that is way too valuable to lose. Um, so, yes, I, I've got... You know, we went for a drink the other night after one of my gigs and I knew my friends were taking stuff. But that was fine. That's that's them. I don't judge them for it. I don't preach to them. That's fine. But I don't want any. I've done that. And I've got friends from the, you know, who said, oh, we were on everything back in the 80s. And they don't do it now. So that's what I look at it as. I've stopped. Yeah. And that's it. That's a, it's a chapter of my life that's closed. Do you still have a drink? Oh, I still have a drink, yeah. You yeah. can't go on stage without no. a drink. <laughs> now tell me, when you were over there and you were fighting the drug addiction, were there any bad times you thought... Oh, I could. I mean, have you had withdrawal? I could honestly say, I mean, I think if you can be lucky being addicted to something, I think I was lucky being addicted to ketamine rather than anything else because there's no withdrawals. There's no. My thing with ketamine, I think it was more boredom and habit than actual addiction. Are they the same thing? That's debatable. Um, but when I was bored, I, if I was back in when I was addicted or bored or whatever it was, I could go, if I had something to do, if I went to the theatre or the cinema or we had a shopping trip, that's fine. But as soon as I was sat still, that was when I'd go, oh, ring that fit, ring that man. Do you know what I mean? Wow. Going back to um, your trip away for over a year, was it good fun seeing Scousers? I mean, did people come looking for you? Oh, God. My thing with the Scousers was always be, um, I'd see a family come in or a young couple and um, say it was a young couple, mid-twenties, boy and a girl. And I'd always say to the girl, like, oh, don't I know you too? Well, at least I know your fella. Have we not been to the toilets <laughs> together in G-Bar or something like that? And she'd be like, what? But as soon as you mention little things like G-Bar or garlands, yeah. it's common ground straight away. So as soon as you make that common ground, it's it's free reign to say whatever you want. It's it's always good. And Scousers are always so much up for a laugh. And they all go there on holiday, don't they? Oh, they love it. I mean, Grand Canary, it's funny because Grand Canary is an island for three things. It's the Scandies go, the Swingers go, and the Gays go. So I say, which which one of them do you fit into? If it's the gay one and your wife doesn't know, it's our secret. <laughs> what was the club like? Big club, small club? Yeah, big club, massive show bar. So it's set out almost like, not a theatre, like a theatre bar. So it's tables, table service, big stage at the front. So I'd do half an hour of stand-up at the beginning, then we'd start our show. show lasted about two hours. Everything, comedy, live singing, lip-sync, the law. And what was living like? Uh, did you have a, an apartment away from the business? So you could have some time off? Yeah, the bit then, well, we had a bungalow, just about a five-minute drive. It was lovely. I had a big pool, a nice garden for the dogs. So it was barbecues. and I mean, Grand Canaria, if you're moving abroad, you can either go two ways. You can either go and party your head off, or you can go and enjoy the island, the beaches, the mountains, the parks, the water parks, stuff like that. It's, it's up to you, really. And I was just glad because coming from what I came from, it would have been very easy to go straight back into out every night after work. But my date, my p- partner David and I, we went out probably twice in over a year after work. 
And you just go out for dinner and a oh, couple yeah. of drinks and, and yeah. just like Chill normal out. people. Get in bears. <laughs> How did you meet him? We met in a kebab shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell a lie. We met. I, we, I, um, this Because it was not long afterwards. I'd finished work. I was walking up to the taxi. He saw me in drag. Um, and then I think he worked in a karaoke bar on the bottom floor of the Yumbo Centre. So I used to go in and I sang a song. And then I, I must have saw him, got all flustered and kicked a whole table of drinks over. So, But then he kept bringing me shots, 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 shots. So I thought, oh, he's nice. He's from Manchester as well. <laughs> so, um, and then we were at a kebab shop one night. So I went, oh, there he is. So I just said, can I come to yours? I said, come on then. And then we haven't that left each other's side since. That's amazing. Two guys, I mean, because you're a gay man who wears a dress. Do guys in a relationship ever get upset their partner wears dresses? Oh, he knows. David loves her. No, he knows. But yeah. let's go to... Because is it not strange to people or is it... It's just a job. I think drag is so out in the open nowadays. I think they know it's just a job. Ask, if you'd have asked me that question 10 years ago, I'd have probably said it's relationship suicide. I mean, Sian always says, don't do it because you'll always be alone for the rest of your life. And that was the case for me for years. This might nearly be my 12th year of doing drag. And David is probably my first serious relationship in probably about eight years yeah. because it's you know there's certain things that come with it you wear a dress that's the bit first hurdle and then you get an attention constantly on stage that's the second hurdle can you deal with me you know photographs all the time and blah 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 but david gets more photographs than me because he's so gorgeous and he wears his makeup and everything and so he was having more photos with the customers than me at one point <laughs> what's the future for you what what what, what do you want where, where do you see your life going um, with your career continue what i'm doing um i'd love my own club one day um the likes of funny girls and boulevard in newcastle somewhere like that a proper sit down put a big show on like the old days because i think dragging bars is grace but there's only so many years you can do that before it gets taxing on everything so I think a gorgeous big show but and I think Liverpool's missing that you go to Manchester you've got the birdcage you go you go to Newcastle you've got Boulevard Blackpool you've got Funny Girls Liverpool you've got Dragon Bars but you haven't got a big spectacular a big spectacular dancers pyrotechnics where you can go and sit down eat a meal and watch an amazing show yeah. I think Liverpool needs that if there's any investors listening <laughs> right no good point now you said, which I admire you for and respect you for, you said, I don't preach to my friends. But I'm now giving you a platform. I'd like you to preach to those people that come on my show and say, I'm all right, I can deal with it, I can cope with it, I haven't got a problem. What would you say and take as long as you want on this one? <laughs> Listen, I'm 27 years old, I'm still young, but I've been there and done that. I started on the club scene when I was 16. That's young. So I kind of I'm kind of got it out of my system early on. I think there's always a way you can trick yourself into thinking, oh, it's fine, you know, I'm, I'm alive, I've got a job, I'm healthy, I've got friends. But if I could just tell you how happy I am now being off them, it is worth more than any money you could ever be given. So give it a go, go and get help. There's an amazing place called Ad Action up that way of town you'll have to google it <laughs> but they there's places that you can go and get help tell your friends be open with people they won't judge you about it that i was i was always scared that i was going to be judged about it and when you tell people like you've just said it's very admirable and 
being honest with people, it's it's the start. As if you tell people, they'll start looking out looking out for you more. Get the help you need. If you need to get away from your mates, do it. And sometimes ask yourself, are they your mates? Because if you've told them you've got a problem and they're still offering you stuff, that's when you've got to stand back and think, are they my mates or are they not? Basically, think of you first before you think of anyone else because that's who everyone else is thinking of, number one. You look back, you said yourself, you spent a great deal of money on drugs. Are you angry at the money you've wasted? Or no. you wouldn't change it? Listen, I had a ball. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> We're in Liverpool, nightlife everywhere. I had an absolute scream. Them t- I don't regret it. I don't regret it. Would I do it again? Probably not. But I don't regret it. Life's for living. I lived it the wrong way for four years. Is it the wrong way? Who knows? But it got too much. Everything. I think everything in moderation is fine. If you can go out and do what you do on a Sunday, on a Saturday night or Sunday, and then stop when you come home, that's fine. I couldn't do that. So I think everything in moderation, fine. I don't regret it. I'm not angry at myself for doing it. I'm happy now that I'm in a position like this where I can talk about it. I'd love to go into schools and stuff like that. So when I was in school, we, ne- we all they tell you is drugs are bad. Don't do them. So then you go, oh, what are drugs? Oh, is that what you do when you go nightclubbing? You're not, we never spoke to anyone who's going to say, listen, I was in hospital four times a month being told I was going to be dead when I was 30. So I'd like to reach out and maybe do stuff in schools and stuff See, like that. Do you wonder where your strength comes from? Because you say you've been in the hospital four, four times. When you know you come out, you know you've nearly died, and yet you, in the end, said enough is enough and went to 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 Spain. You, you went away. I don't think it's a strength in me, maybe partly so. I think everything happens for a reason. My old bosses from Gran Canary walking into G-Bar that night, I think it made me believe in faith. I think if you if they hadn't walked in the bar that night offered me the gig in Gran Canaria. It was only a one-time gig. I don't. I think I'd have probably been either dead or still in the same position I was in two years ago. So I think fate had a big part to play in it. And then my own strength for saying, yeah, go on, I'll do it, let's go. We've done um, Scouts Abroad many, many times, many, many years, and I don't think we've ever had one like this. Um, it's <laughs> taken my breath away. The Vivian... Is originally from North Wales, came to Liverpool, made a huge name for herself as an amazing drag act that took no prisoners, went through all those terrible drugs, went abroad to work, but also came back a new person. I think it's an amazing story. I think I think you're <laughs> remarkable. Thank you. The Vivian, thank you for joining thank me. Thank you, it's been a pleasure.